gore and sometimes a little more my bloody podcast <laughs> Welcome, Bloodhounds, to another exciting episode of My Bloody Podcast, where we discuss everything going on in the horror genre. I'm Preston Barta, and I'm joined, as always, by the man who always has his eyes wide shut and ain't afraid to strip down and dance around in a mask, Mr. Brian Kluger. Why, thank you. Do you know what the password is tonight? Ooh, what is it? Fidelio. But do you know what the second ah. password is? No, I do not. It is Saturday the 14th. Yes, it is. <laughs> so, so, yeah. Last week, for our 13th episode, we discussed the 2001 remake of 13 Ghosts. And you can find that episode as well as our entire back catalog on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. But to feed the beast and continue with the numbers game we have going on here with the horror titles we're reviewing, as Brian alluded, our main feature this week is 1981 Saturday the 14th. <laughs> and like I mentioned last week, I had no idea this movie existed, so it was fun to dive into. But before we get to our feature presentation, we have some horrific news to discuss and some bloody recommendations to unveil. So I guess stick around, engage in this one-sided conversation, though I guess it won't be too one-sided for us, but uh, be informed and be entertained. I'm definitely going to be entertained. So, this is going to be a fucking awesome fucking Are you episode. not entertained? Are you not entertained? Yeah. Why so serious? Whoa, I just went way weird on that. <laughs> oh, I'm so happy. Too weird. Too weird. Too weird. I I feel like the first bit of news is a bit of groovy news, is it not? Oh, uh, and it seems super personal given that it's uh, it relates to the title of your website. It's very true. In it so does. many ways. Yes. <laughs> ah, Army of Darkness. Is no strange. Well, Army of Darkness might be the best movie ever made. Actually, it probably is the best movie ever made. There's just so much into it. It's Bruce Campbell. They did Ash vs. Evil Dead three seasons on stars. Evil Dead 1, Evil Dead 2, and a remake of Evil Dead without Bruce Campbell. But if you are into comic books and into Army of Darkness or Evil Dead, you would know over, you know, since like the year 2008 or 7, there's been just tons of storylines and comic books related to Bruce Campbell, Ash's. You know, Bruce Campbell's character, Ash, and Evil Dead, and Army of Darkness. Looks like there's going to be another one, mm -hmm. right? Yes, there is. Do you read comics? Do you read Army of Darkness comics at all? I don't read any comics. The only comic I've ever read in my entire life is Watchmen. Ah, and did you like Watchmen? I did like Watchmen. I, yeah, I read it before uh, I saw the movie. Sweet. Um, I do believe, Preston, I'm going to give you some some uh, some reading material at some point because I know there's some comics you would probably really like. Um, none of them being the Army of Darkness comics, unfortunately. I mean, yes, if you're a huge, huge fan like I am of Army of Darkness and Evil Dead, you'd probably like them, but they're not that great. 
uh, and plus there's been tons. Like there's been like Army of Darkness and Xena. There's been Army of Darkness, Bruce Campbell, and Darkman. There's even be there's even been Freddy versus Jason versus Ash. It's crazy. Dang. Yeah, there's there's a lot, and it, none of them are particularly that good. They're just it's just they're just fun and silly. Uh, they're not Watchmen mm. material <laughs> by any means. Uh. But Dynamite Entertainment, the comic book publisher, um, this Halloween is going to uh, give you five standalone issues uh, in Army of Darkness form. It is the Army of Darkness Halloween special. Which, look, judging by the cover art, holy God, um, it's Bruce Campbell with his medieval hand handing out uh, candy to children. And it just looks so good. I'm very excited. What about you? Uh, I like the cover. I guess that might really look real, but I had the proper production. Other than but I never it. Whoa. Say that one more time because you were like cutting in and out for some reason just with that sentence. Ooh, um, uh, I like the I like the cover art, but I haven't had a proper introduction other than Watchmen. I just haven't remained consistent with it. Okay. All right. Yeah. It's. Uh, it's. Yeah, I'd imagine there'll just be fun, silly stuff. But yes, if you're Army of Darkness fans, in time for Halloween, get in on that Bruce Campbell Dynamite uh, Entertainment comic book issues. I'm excited. Releases this year. And there's even even some uh, alternate covers featuring Betty Page, Elvira, and Red Sonja. So, and Vampirella. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you're going to want to check that out. I think. I know. And it's groovy because mm-hmm. any Ash, any S-Smart, any Deadites is all good in my book. Of course. What other news we got? Yes. Uh, we can discuss uh, Predator going to 4K and the they're also going to be releasing a special three, or I guess triple feature edition that has Predators, or Predator 1, Predator 2, and then Predators all on one cool disc with a slipcover. And I got a cool slipcover edition for Predator 2. It would be nice to kind of consolidate my film collection a little bit more with this triple feature collection. Very cool. Yeah, the 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 4K Predator and then the three-movie collection. I'm happy they're coming on 4K. Um, hopefully they're like good transfers of it because sometimes these older movies don't fare so well in 4K. But hopefully it'll all, mm-hmm. it'll all be, be glorious. But yes. It's going to be good to see yeah. Dutch and... And... Yeah. Yeah. Yes, it would. And uh, the the good bro uh, best handshake ever on film. It, it is. Oh, no, that scene. That scene. I've, I've talked about this before. I really think that they just couldn't show it on film, but I do believe um, that, you know... Th- 
action movies of that era were, you know, very homoerotic. And I believe Predator is one of them. And I do believe that handshake between Arnold Schwarzenegger and Carl Weathers was basically them two having sex with each other. Because they hadn't seen each other in a long time. I really do believe that is the case there. <laughs> Which is okay and perfect. Jeez. I, I do believe that. I do. You sound I, like... <laughs> I sound, like, you sound like Quentin Tarantino when he has that Top Gun rant. Yes, yes. It, it, sword it, fight. Sword fight. No, it really is. Like all these these action films of that era are absolutely like that. But, you know, <laughs> I mean, he says, like, you pushing too many pencils. I mean, that's, that's read between the lines. Um it's 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 really funny. There is a nuclear explosion in that movie that ends it, which is fantastic as well, which is just like an explosion of their relationship and love. Oh, Predator. <laughs> it's so good. It's a great movie. It, it, oh, one more thing. You remember the movie Happy Gilmore? Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, so Carl Weathers is in Predator, and he plays Chubbs in Happy Gilmore, teaches Adam Sandler how to play golf, and he has a wooden hand. Uh-huh. That was actually the wooden hand they used as the prop in Predator when his arm got shut off. <laughs> a little tidbit. Really? Yes, it was. Wow. <laughs> and it looks so like – I always laugh at that scene in Happy Gilmore just because – it's like twice as long. His arm is just twice as long <laughs> yes. in the scene when he's like poking him in the shoulder. Yep. It's like, he got me, but I tore one of them bastards' eyes out. <laughs> it is good. It is good. All right. Predator 4K coming as well as the Predator Trilogy 4K. Exciting stuff. Um, what else do we got? Yeah. Oh, and uh, speaking of Predator Trilogy, it's. Apparently, this new one is also going to be a new trilogy. I guess depending on how well it's received, but that's what they usually say. Like, yeah, I, when it's a big franchise or something as well known as this, they they want it to make more films. They want the franchise to keep going. Why does every movie so have to be I, a big franchise universe type of thing now? Why can't they just do one cool movie? Yeah, I don't know. Um, although the only move, the only franchise that I would like to see, like just have a consecutive story and just like make it not like a crime of the week type thing where it's just like, and there, that's it. Beginning, middle and end. And then we go on and then have another beginning, middle and end, which is fine. Uh, but, uh, Friday the 13th is one series I would just like to see a, a big arc over like three films. And that would be great. That would be super cool to see a Friday the 13th, Jason, big story see, arc. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Oh, by the way, um, I thought of a good scene uh, to do for Friday the 13th. I don't know if you want me to say it on here, if I can just say it to you later. Oh, no, say it to me later. No, we got wait, 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 this. This production of ours is not this is not for public consumption yet. It will be. Yeah, but, nobody yeah. needs to take our IDs. Yeah, okay. Uh, I guess in other Blu-ray news, Phantasm 3 and Phantasm 4 are getting their standalone Blu-ray releases through WellGo USA. Um, 
which is super I think they weird. released like that and yeah and I, and I say it's super they weird released because that entire pack yeah yeah they did they, and it, but like Scream Factory has released Phantasm movies as well and so it's just like they're just going jumping I think they just did the second one right I think it's just the second one yes did they yeah 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 cuz I I I have Phantasm 2 through Scream Factory I got the first Phantasm through WellGo USA, so I guess at this point I would get the third and fourth one through WellGo USA because I'd, I'm not fancy enough to have that trilogy pack. It's it's interesting. Or not know, trilogy pack, the big pack. If you look online at some point, uh, long ago, these are this is a DVD collection I have. Um, I actually have a Phantasm DVD set uh, that is from the UK uh, that was played on a region-free DVD player I used to have. And it was all of the films in uh, a case that looked like the silver sphere um, that the tall man hmm. uh, is interesting. If you look, I wonder if it's like, if it sells for anything online, I don't know, but uh, I still have that. Uh, and I think it's, it's a really cool looking set. But yes, the Phantasm movies are always fun. And I'm glad they're getting Blu-ray releases because, you know, as the Phantasm movies go on, they kind of get sillier, if not terrible, but they're still fun, in my opinion. Anyway. Yeah. So. Louise. Yes. Um, you have something written down that I'm curious about. The Women in the Window. What is this? Yeah, so I, I think back in April, they announced that Amy Adams was going to be in this movie called The Woman in the Window, and it was going to be directed by, or it is directed by, Joe Wright. Uh, he directed Darkest Hour, Atonement, Hannah, and so it's going to be this rear window-like Hitchcockian drama. Okay, and it's uh, it's going to be based on well, not really based, but it stars Amy Adams in the lead role, and she plays this alcoholic recluse who's like Rear Window, spies on her neighbors, and one day she witnesses a horrible crime involving uh, one of one of the neighbors, and when uh, like nobody believes her. Uh, not the police, uh, not anyone. And so she begins to doubt herself and what she's seeing. And uh, so now the news is that Gary Oldman is going to be in the film now. He's going to play uh, the the father of the mysterious neighbor family that uh, Adam's character spies on. So it'll be a re-team for uh, Gary Oldman and director Joe Wright because they both work together on Darkest Hour. And um, I'm all for... I, I love movies that kind of follow this format because I'm really into uh, people watching. Um, so I, I like that movie Disturbia. I uh, really enjoy that movie a lot. And I, of course, like Rear Window. So, um, yeah, I'm down for this, and I like Joe Wright as a director, even though I haven't really liked too many of his films since uh, Hannah. I think Hannah was the last great one he made. Yeah, and, Hannah was really cool. He also did um, Anna Karnina and Atonement, and then that awful Pan movie. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. But it looks like Wyatt Russell's so, in this uh, movie. He's a hit, hit. Yeah, and I love him. I love him. Will it be? <laughs> yeah. That, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to this. Um, anything Hitchcockian with, like you said, like it's always fun to have see a movie where like somebody sees something through a window and you're like what's happening over there because it's kind of frightening too because what would you do in that situation yeah so i don't know mm-hmm. i'm not sure yeah. um we have oh before we get in we have a, a couple other things um i want to bring up We've talked a lot about the Child's mm-hmm. Play reboot in movies and TV shows and whatever's happening, but it looks like it's like gaining steam. And it looks like the executive producers, the filmmakers, everybody, they want Liv Tyler to be in this movie. Um, which is cool. I guess they want her to be the lead role, which I'm not sure what they're going to be doing with that. I mean, she might be the mother of a little kid, kind of like in the first movie. Um, mm-hmm. But there's nothing really that says uh, there's nothing been disclosed yet about anything that's happening with it. But it looks like they really they're, they they've made offers to Liv Tyler. And what has Liv Tyler really done recently? Not a whole lot since Lord of the Rings. Am I wrong? Did was mm-hmm. she she ends this? She wasn't in Strangers, was she? Or was that her? She was in the first one. Okay. She was in the first Strangers. She was in The Incredible Hulk, which was good ten years ago. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, I can't really think of too much that she's been in. So she's not doing much, which I would hope. I still like her as an actress. And uh, I think that would kind of be cool to see her in this role. Um because, mm-hmm. yeah, we'll see how that goes. Because I don't know if they'll get anybody more, I don't know, want to say A-list than her, but who knows. I'm not sure. Not yeah. sure whatsoever. Um, what else do we got? Uh, you want to talk about the alien stuff? Yeah, that's fine. Okay. So, 20th Century Fox is looking to really... Dive in head first with their alien uh, franchise. Still kicking, might I say. Uh, so it looks like um, the the 20th Century Fox is wants uh, several short films set in the alien universe uh, that they want to air and show. Uh, that is tied to all the alien stuff. So, um, I'm I'm curious about this. Actually, this was like a contest that was launched from 20th Century Fox, and right now, uh, you know, asking for pitches and stuff like that, and they've received quite a bit of entries. So, it's kind of weird because, um, you know, the. 20th Century Fox is like just going to the crowd for this. So they might be lost on storylines and they're just wanting like, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll take this. But expect uh, five or six short 
alien films in the future, which, you know, if they're coming from, you know, the people, not everybody in Hollywood, maybe they'll be pretty decent from fans. I don't know. What do you think? Is a good yeah. idea, bad idea? Yeah. Um, and I, I'm for it. Um, at this point, I, I, I kind of like the new Alien movies. Um, I liked Covenant. Uh, I liked some of Prometheus. I liked the visual aesthetic of it. But uh, I guess just at a certain point, or I guess with Prometheus, I just kind of let go of my... Uh, nostalgic feels and my love for the franchise and just was willing to just let them just do whatever with it. And so I was, I was down with them kind of exploring these. Yeah. I've, I've heard a lot of people getting a little ahead of himself saying like, I'm going to make six of these. (laughs) (sighs) Yeah. I've, I've heard, I've heard, uh, but, uh, go ahead. You know, I, I've, I've heard people who don't like Prometheus and, uh, Covenant, but I actually really rather enjoy those movies. Um, especially Covenant. I think mm-hmm. they added a lot of really cool stuff in there and I don't see why people do not enjoy that. Yeah. I like the, the doomed kind of feel for, these movies as long as they don't treat their characters like idiots and i guess that's been the big problem with these new ones and so if they can create something that's just like brings the hangout factor along with like the fun science shit along with the good horror elements or action elements from either alien or aliens i think it can shape up to be pretty good and these shorts um I mean, I like a lot of the digital shorts, or not digital shorts, but the shorts that they did for, like, promotional reasons, the way that they marketed Alien Covenant. They used, like, these little shorts to kind of give you information that's not necessarily in the film, but kind of informs what may happen in the movie and um, where it could go. And Neil Blomkamp, does a lot of these kind of cool shorts and uh given that he's been wanting to make an alien film for so long and i know we've talked about it in the past uh especially when we talked about uh him doing the new robocop movie but it would be really funny if he's one of the ones that actually makes one of these shorts um to be like all right i'm gonna take this deadpool style and just make my own little short and then show it to the world, and then they're going to lose their shit, and then I can finally make this thing. Which would be awesome if that actually happened. People would go nuts over that. Yeah. Super cool. So um, it it is weird that they're just, like, going out to the crowd to say, hey, you know, give us your ideas because we don't have any or we're not liking <laughs> Uh, what we're coming up with, <laughs> uh, but uh, aliens. Yeah, I, I, it'd be in... cool to kind of see just uh, yeah, aliens in, <laughs> in space. Uh, wait, so, wait, wait, yeah, they're already I, in space. Aliens. Be fun. Back to the hood. <laughs> take the uh, <laughs> yeah. take the leprechaun. <laughs> oh, aliens go to school. And you know what? Like, why wouldn't? 
because they've, they've done the Predator and Alien thing, but what other really cool 20th Century Fox property would be cool to mix and mash with Aliens? Like X-Men or something like that. Uh, yeah. Um, if that sticks around. Avatar. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, they have James Cameron with, with Aliens and Avatar. Holy shit, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Oh, my God. Holy fuck, that's a good idea. Like, they're making, like, 3,000 Avatar movies. Dumbass James Cameron doesn't want yeah. to make... When one of them, they need to have the aliens kind of signal to the avatars. Oh, holy God, that'd be so cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That is a good idea. Why haven't we pitched this? <laughs> um, we should. I agree, we should. Oh, my goodness. I like this. Oh, who would we cast in this movie? Oh. No, this is another episode. No, we're not doing this now. We got to do it. This is, this is another full episode of where we have to pitch our Avatar Alien mashup movie. Ooh, eat your heart out, yeah. James Cameron. It's like Inception. It needs Peebles. Mario Van Peebles. <laughs> Holy shit! Yes, he needs a resurgence in the worst way. And yes, just just bring back like all all like. The, the best from the 90s, like uh, uh, J. Michael White or something, <laughs> whatever his name is. Michael J. J. White, is that his name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Got their names. That would, Jonathan uh, Taylor Thomas. Just uh, bring, yeah. Dude, Jonathan Taylor Thomas, my man. Where the hell's he been? Nowhere. Like he, he could just come back real gnarly and like just have a shaved head, kind of like uh, when uh, ah, damn it, uh, Matthew McConaughey did Rain of Fire. Oh yeah. You know, like he just came off of like a bunch of like Pretty Boy films. Yes. So he just shaved his head and he just seemed like this really gnarly dude. Like Jonathan Taylor Thomas could do that. Just shave his head, come back with like tattoos all over his head. Oh, dude, this the. Good goddamn ideas. <laughs> Why aren't we in a fucking gigantic boardroom pitching this stuff? I mean, I this has big bucks written all over it. <laughs> They'd be like, "What are you? What are you fuckers smoking?" <laughs> no, they're like, "Whoa, can we make money on this?" Yes. And like that's yes. amazing. And the, the James Cameron thing. Oh, and James this, it was like this is. These are the ideas that we come up with when we're not high. Just imagine when we are high. <laughs> the drugs have taken effect. <laughs> oh, I like this idea. Oh my goodness. Yeah, we, we've go okay. So next episode, in episode fifteen of my bloody podcast, we are going to have the section dedicated to our casting and characters of this alien avatar because I don't want to give this up. This is too good. Okay. <laughs> but, but the show must go on. <laughs> oh, yes. I love, oh, I love, I'm glad we're going to just talk about that next episode. That's going to be so amazing. Um, so, yeah. yes. Uh, Why don't we uh, transition from all our love that we're sending to James Cameron to totally shit on him 
with one of his Blu-ray releases, or Blu-ray, yeah, I guess his yeah, re-release, Factory, but yeah. on Blu-ray for the first time. Yeah, Scream Factory. Piranha 2, The Spawning, or if you watch the movie, it says Flying Killers. <laughs> um, so, have you ever seen this movie? Did you watch it yet? Oh, yeah, no, I saw this movie a long time ago, and I... I is, I'm trying to remember if Troma ever released this or not. I don't think so, but I'm trying. But I'm it, my mind sticking that it did at one point on DVD. But this, I think, was James Cameron's start in the business, which is a movie called Piranha Two, uh, yeah. and it's. <laughs> it, there was two directors, uh, Ovidio, it was some mm-hmm. Italian director, and James Cameron. And the movie is just yeah. terrible in every sense of the way. Right? Yeah. The Yeah, the characters like it's weird the way that he has it structured with the characters that are introduced in the film. You think that they're gonna like have a big thing happen in the end where they like die. Um and then it ends up being like other people and it's so mean-spirited. Uh, I cannot get that one... There's one scene in the movie that is just awful where these two two women, or I guess one of them goes to this uh, diner that this uh, mentally challenged chef works at, and she tries to manipulate him and says, like, hey, you ever been involved in a threesome before? Uh, we can make that happen. Just give us some food. And so he he's smart about it in the moment and says, instead of like giving them food right then and there, he's like, I'll make y'all food. I'm a chef. And so he goes out to their boat later on. And uh, the girls are like, hey, give, give us the food. And he gives it to them and then asks for him to untie the boat uh, that's tied to the dock, and so he does that, and then the, the boat's drifting away from the dock, and then the girls are like, "Jump, jump!" And he's like, "I can't, I, I can't do that." And then he jumps, lands in the water, and then they're, he's completely humiliated, just embarrassed beyond belief. And one of the girls calls him an asshole, and I was just like, "Get this is awful." I mean, they get, they get like karma's a bitch to them. Uh, they get their faces eaten off, but. <laughs> Still, there's just, like, a lot of shit that happens in it that is just, like, I can't believe James Cameron was involved with, involved in this. But I guess he uh, has been trying for a long time to get his name taken off of this film because uh, he considers his first movie ever to be Terminator. Which was weird but, because before... before uh, you you got to start somewhere. Yeah. So James Cameron did this in 1981. Only three years later, he did Terminator. Yeah. So when people saw this, it's just kind of like, how would you give him a movie like Terminator? I mean, I guess nobody knew it was going to be as yeah. good as it was, but oh my God. It, it's almost yeah. like the Peter it's, Jackson thing. It's weird. Right like the, yeah. Um, it was his lovely bones. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's, 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 it's super weird. Cause I mean, like Peter Jackson, if you've ever 
research Peter Jackson prior to Lord of the Rings, you'd be like, holy shit, how did this guy get Lord of the Rings? Um, and it's the same thing with James Cameron. He does this movie. You're like, Terminator, wow, I guess. Yeah, and like Preston said, you got to start somewhere. And unfortunately, he did Piranha 2, which I feel like he should own up to this. Yeah. Don't try to take your name off of it. Own it. Just, yeah, just be like, I made a really bad movie, and I learned from it, and then I made a lot of good movies. There you go. There, there you go. Um, but yes, this is on... This is on Blu-ray from Scream Factory. Uh, there's new interviews with some of the actors. So if you're feeling daring, <laughs> if you're feeling daring, you can you can go buy this. Um, I like I'm I'm gonna hang on to it just because uh, I like uh, the first Piranha by Joe Dante and uh, completionist reasons, and just because it's just unique to watch this and be like. This is this is where James Cameron started, and uh, to kind of look at it in retrospect and see how far he's come. He, he came a long way. I mean, he did go up back in the water with the Abyss, yeah. which I guess the Abyss and Piranha Two are very similar, but you know, we didn't have. There's a lot of movies. He loves the water. He does. He does love the water. Ugh. Um, but yes, Piranha Two on Scream Factory now which is super fun for scream factory and everybody who wants to see james cameron at his best or worst depending so uh what what else is that was that all we have right now is that all the news before we get into bloody recommendations or do we have something else um i guess i could uh briefly bring up that there's going to be a buffy reboot um, Josh Whedon announced that he's going to be working on the reboot for Buffy, but as we've learned from other people that are involved, uh, it's, it's going to star a black actress and it's going to be completely different. It's not going to be like the same part of the same story. They're not going to bring like all the characters back or anything like that. They're going to treat it like as if, they're completely just remaking it and it doesn't have any of the same story beats other than that you have a slayer that's killing vampires which sucks but, um, completely why can't they just give this the old 1080p 4k scan retreatment and re-release it in widescreen and in high definition because that's what everybody really wants. Nobody wants to see new characters. They want the old characters in the fun way the show was. I don't want a dark Buffy. I want this Buffy. Now, I, when, when, I, when I say dark Buffy, I don't mean the color of the I, skin. I, I know what you mean. I, I mean, I mean, I mean. You get, you, yeah. <laughs> I said Save that yourself, and I thought man, about it. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> no, I don't want a dark tone. I don't want. You're a, saving yourself from some emails. Yes. Yes, I am. Uh, I don't want to. Uh, yeah. We. <laughs> What's another way to say that? You know, all these movies are into darkness, like Star Trek into darkness, Thor into the dark world. No, I want a lighthearted, uh, you know, musical episode, puppet episode of Buffy still. And I just want them to re-release it in widescreen and uh, and in 4K or at least high yeah. definition. Well, 
Yeah. Well, the thing is, is that it, Buffy came out at the perfect time, given that uh, the, the reason why I think it's just such a charming show is because it has that 90s, uh, early 2000s feel that just would not work today. And so today's kind of turn on it would be or twist on it would be to go down this darker kind of more realistic brooding kind of feel and um i just don't see that being as interesting than as you said just bringing it back in some other way even though they have brought it back they brought it back recently they just re-released like a special dvd collection but uh yeah i want the the higher def look would be great and to get like some nice special features and of them discussing it uh would be would be better yeah um uh, that's what i want i don't yeah i'm not into this but i guess we'll see what happens yeah um also also um there is a, a new movie coming out by the amazing female director Jennifer Kent, who gave us The Babadook. Uh, she has another movie coming out. What is that called? The Nightingale. The Nightingale. Uh, the Nightingale. Yeah. Do you know what this is about? It's. Uh, um. Is. Uh, it's. It's like an it's a period piece. It's like set in the early 1800s, and it's about a young Irish uh, female convict who uh, witnesses this uh, brutal murder of her husband and her baby by uh, some soldier and I guess like a group of soldiers, and they're. Um, she goes into the wilderness and seeks revenge. So it's like a, it's a revenge film and, uh, sounds awesome. I mean, I like, well, I, uh, like the Babadook a lot. Um, that the, I mean, I've said it before in the past, or at least if you follow my work, um, I'm really annoyed by that damn kid in the movie. But, um, (laughs) I think, um, Jennifer Kent, who's the director, um, she does. She has a really good eye for uh, directing horror, and so given that this is her second feature and it's going to be um, kind of a different uh, type film for her, being a, a revenge film, but dealing with the horror of, I don't know how well I'm going to be able to take somebody murdering a baby. Um, when I read that plot piece earlier, I was just like, nope. Uh, I don't. Yep. Yeah, no, nah, I don't know about that. Uh, but if I can get over John Wick, um, somebody stomping his puppy and then him just kicking their ass, um, hell yeah, to this Nightingale movie. Yeah, uh, I, I like I like Baba Duke. I like Jennifer Kent. Uh, I'm I'm all, I would love to see what she does next. And with this movie, hopefully, we will be seeing it in a couple months, right? Yeah, maybe fantastic fast. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed, and bring in Jennifer Kent this time, please. Um, which would be super cool. Yes, 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 yes. 
Um, all right. Is it is it my bloody recommendation time? Yes, it is. All right. Who's going first on Who this wants to one? go first? Huh? Who's on first? I'm on first. Uh, who's on first? Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll take the charge on this one. Sounds good. Um, so mine, I might have mentioned it on the podcast in the past. I don't remember. I, I looked through because at this point, you know, since we're at episode 14, I need to start like marking the ones that I've already talked about down. Um, but, uh, I know I've at least mentioned this movie before, but it's, uh, called Marrow Bone and it came out earlier this year and it's, uh, having a Blu-ray release, uh, later, it might be next week or I think it's, uh, Tuesday or maybe the next Tuesday. It's coming up pretty soon. But, um, this movie, uh, resembles films like, uh, Shutter Island, and Crimson Peak with its themes of loss and disorientation. It's got filmmaker Guillermo del Toro's fingerprints all over it. And uh, go figure because Marabone is written and directed by Sergio G. Sanchez, who wrote the uh, del Toro produced uh, The Orphanage, that movie, The Orphanage, which is great. It's a good movie. Uh, so it's very similar to that kind of deals with like ghostly things, a lot of atmosphere, dark settings, um, a good cast. Um, there's something very classic about the way the, the story unfolds. It's, it's very much like a Del Toro fairy tale or ghost story takes its time to build its characters and narrative and it doesn't lean too much on the shock factor. But uh, so the story is about, or it's set in 1969, and it's it's about a, a family that kind of lives in secret. Uh, a young man played by George McKay, and George McKay is in one of my favorite movies, uh, Captain Fantastic. Uh, he's the movie. older brother Bo in that film. Yes, yeah, so good. And uh, so he, is an older brother in this family, and uh, he has three younger siblings. And uh, played by Mia Goth, uh, Matthew Stagg, and uh, Charlie Heaton, who you may know from Stranger Things, and uh, their mother. So it's uh, this family and the mom, and they're on the move. Uh, They just moved from uh, their treasured home in England to kind of escape their past. Uh, they had a very traumatic past, and they want a fresh start. So they do this by settling into their mother's family home in uh, a uh, rural, like an American community. And so uh, their mother falls ill, and she eventually passes. Um, and then they're, they have a clean their, their clean slate or their idea of starting fresh uh, becomes littered with problems. And it's a uh, it's very much a gothic horror movie, and it almost fell completely under my radar. Um, but the, the cast kind of captured my interest um, back when I saw it. Uh, I think it might have been March or something like that. 
had gotten an email and then I read through it and I was like, Ooh, yes, this sounds like my cup of tea. And, um, it's a uh, very human, like a very human drama. It's deeply rooted with family struggles and the, the concept of surviving without adult supervision, because it's just these, uh, these kids now. And so that, that's a fantasy that I've often like lived out in my, in my head, never wanted like my parents to die or anything, but you know, that kind of, a thrilling feeling that you get when you're home alone and you just feel that the world is yours. And then you kind of like that challenge of being able to just try to survive on your own and like push yourself to uh, the limits and areas that you never thought you would ever go to. And um, there's a lot of like really great supporting performance. Anya Taylor joy, um, who was in uh, Split in The Witch. Um, she plays like a neighbor girl named Allie, and she's uh, like a charming librarian and uh, longs to live a life uh, that's not restricted by circumstance. And so she kind of has a uh, romantic relationship going on with uh, Jack, uh, George McKay's character uh, as the older brother. And... Um, it's uh it's it's a really solid film. Um there's there's you know there's a lot of jump scares and things like that and um but it it does a very good job of building tension and it, it like kind of winds like a jack in the box toy and once all the secrets are revealed uh, many moments become all the more frightening and devastating because it's grand sense of realism. So uh, the, the movie may frustrate some people due to its uh, it has very confusing structure, but how the film kind of preys on your mind and gets under your skin makes the journey well worth uh, the the plunge. And uh, like like movies like Shutter Island and uh, The Prestige or something like that, you, you may find it necessary to kind of watch it again because, uh, like I said, the secrets in the film. And then once all is revealed, you're going to be like, Ooh, man, I got to back and watch this again. Just kind of see like, uh, what things I can kind of, what the breadcrumbs being laid out for us and then see if you can uh, pick out different meanings. So it's not a, it's not a very, even though it's got this, uh, crazy cool structure. Um, uh, it's, it's not like a groundbreaking horror film or anything like that. It, it, you know, it's like shutter Island. It's like stuff like that. Uh, it's got that kind of like moody ghosty kind of feel, but uh, very solid. It's a very solid rent. So that's a, uh, that's marrow bone. Marrow bone on 4k UHD and Blu-ray coming very soon. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. I have a, that, that, that was a good bloody recommendation, good sir. Yeah. Very good one. What you got? All right. I got a, I got a movie. The movie is called Kill Zombie with an exclamation point. Kill Zombie. The cover <laughs> of this movie, the poster of this movie is kind of like, you know, the usual zombie arm reaching out from the ground. But this this zombie arm coming out from the ground has like 
the rock, yeah, with the pinky and the index finger extended and everything else on the floor like you're at a rock concert. Um, you know, we've seen zombies in space in the backwoods of America, big cities, uh, and even snowy mountains. But we've never seen zombies in the marijuana capital of the world, Amsterdam, now, have we? No, we have not. Until Kill Zombie, which is super fun. Uh, oh, my goodness, this fun and entertaining, entertaining film. It, 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 it's exactly what it says in the title, Kill Zombie. Um, the, the director and writer of this movie is Martin Smits. Uh, and uh, he is, well, actually there was a few writers and directors, but they were all in love with Edgar Wright. Like, Edgar Wright is their golden god, uh, such as Shaun of the Dead or Scott Pilgrim. Uh, so there are tons of references in this movie to all of the Edgar Wright films. Um, and in fact, it kind of plays out like Shaun of the Dead uh, with some Scott Pilgrim uh, mixed in for good measure. It's super, super fun. So basically, uh, this guy named Aziz is kind of like the Sean character. He's kind of like an average schmo with an office job, and he's been kind of, he's liking this beautiful girl named Tess who's way too good for him. Uh, and his brother, Moe, is kind of like the Ed character from Shaun of the Dead. He's just a ridiculous man. But these two brothers, Aziz and Moe, end up in jail. And when they spend the night in jail for whatever stupid thing they did, this a space station that is infected with a zombie virus crashes right into Amsterdam. And it just attacks all the citizens with this virus that turns them into zombies. But these zombies don't have red blood. These zombies have green blood. Um, but since Mo and Aziz are in the jail, they do not get infected, which uh, in turn they escape and they fight the zombie horde after. It is super fun. There's quick cuts, fancy angles, and Mortal Kombat video game style fighting, complete with video game graphics. Oh, my God. Uh, these zombies really aren't that scary. Um, they're just fun. It's, this is kind of like a zombie world I want to live in, kind of like Shaun of the Dead, where you can just, like, run around and hit people with cricket bats. Uh, they're not, like, 28 Days Later type zombies, which I do not want to live in because those are scary as hell. Uh, matter of fact, I don't want to live in that world at all. That's some scary scary stuff but yes kill zombie with an exclamation point it knows what it is and it just exceeds in everything uh that it sets out to be kill zombie please see it it is on blu-ray right now and it is around ten dollars there's no extras to this you don't really need any you just need this movie uh so highly highly recommended um it's super fun. The, these guys have, like, big hammer mallets and, like, a leaf blower and bowling balls as their weapons. Super fun. Um, so, uh, yeah, you need to check this out. Uh, Kill Zombie. Please, 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 please. <laughs> Preston, are you going to check that one out? Hell yeah, let's do it. Hell yeah, let's do it. All right. On to the main event, Saturday the 14th. Yes, I'm so excited. So, 
I saw Saturday the 14th a long time ago, and you, uh, and you know, it's a spoof kind of on Friday the 13th or ghost movies, monster movies, whatever. Uh, and it, I mean, it looks like it was made on a budget of like maybe $30, $35. And, but there's like crazy amounts of famous people in it for the time because this movie came out in 1981, the year I was born. Uh, but Preston had never seen it. And since we were talking, like, well, what are we going to do the 14th episode? Like, Saturday the 14th. Like, what's that? And I said, Oh, you should see Saturday the 14th. It's right up your alley because you just have to see it to believe it. Because if I explain it to you, you won't believe me. But maybe Preston can explain his first viewing of Saturday the 14th. Uh, Preston, I can't wait. Yes. Uh, So, yeah, I watched this uh, earlier today, actually. So it's pretty fresh on my mind. Um, this movie's freaking hilarious. Um, I was laughing so much throughout the entire thing because it has like this dumb and dumber kind of humor. Um, <laughs> it does. Man, I, I, there's like really good quotes in it. I mean, you. I think before the show started, you were at, we were talking a little bit about it, and you said, damn – Damn owls. Yeah. Um, can't tell you how many times I cracked up whenever that those two words were brought up. So uh, to kind of give other people who may have not seen the film or even heard of it a, a quick background as to what the movie's about. It's about this uh, family that inherits uh, a, their deceased uncle's house. And it's like this haunted house. And... Uh, like so many good movies that we love, it has contains this book of evil. It's literally called the book of evil. <laughs> so the family, you got the dad. Uh, his name's John. He's played by Richard Benjamin, and he's so good in the movie. Uh, just fully committed. All these actors are completely committed, but Richard uh, Benjamin just made me laugh my ass off the most. Um, and then his, there's his wife, Mary, played by Paula... Prentice, Prentice. Yeah. And then uh, they they have a daughter, uh, Debbie, and then their uh, young son Billy, and they uh, they move into this house, and then we get we see like a shot of uh, Jeffrey Tambor who plays a vampire, and then there's his uh, wife Yolanda, and they desperately want to get into this rundown house because it contains this book. They want this book. And um, they're just like, oh, it's kind of like uh, the movie Casper. Like they want him out of the house. They just want people out of those, that house. They just don't think they're going to last very long. And uh, so Billy, the young boy, finds the book. And then, like you should never do, with the book literally called The Book of Evil. And it says that, and he uh, just con- decides to continue reading. Uh, but actually, uh, the the mother and father, like, they're in the other room, and then they find a note that says, that's from the uncle, the deceased uncle, that says, don't read the book. It's like as vague as that. Don't read the book. And then the next shot is the kid opening the book. <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> 
So, yeah, he, he opens the book and then uh, you, you get like words with pictures and the pictures like you see something there and then it, it, it just immediately vanishes. Like the monster that's in the page uh, just materializes within or uh, outside the home. And uh, I guess it has a little more of a budget than $30 just because a lot of these uh, monsters that they have in the film, even though you can tell that they're totally fake and well, uh, you can, like, like you would... see this, uh, like. Yeah, the zippers or the Velcro, basically. What's up? Yeah, you could, like, see the zil- zippers yeah, like, the Velcro. Yeah, there's, there's, like, the amphibian man, fish man from Shape of Water. Uh, he, he's in here and he has like, you can see his neck turning and you can just see the bottom of it just kind of like hanging out and it's, it's totally dudes just wearing makeup and, uh, it's, it's bad looking, but it's all the more fun just cause the tone of the film is just completely goofy and enjoyable. Um, so yeah, like the damn owl thing. So whenever there's like some kind of like, th- there's like a, the realtor, um, who like shows them the house? Uh, she she comes back like later that night after their first night there, and she she's creepily just even just talking to herself, trying to make sense to the audience like as why she's there so late. She's like, I shouldn't be here so late, but I am, and I'm not gonna go through the front door. I'm gonna go check out the back door because that seems like a good idea. And then this is after like the monsters. Some of these monsters have been unleashed. And then so in good, like, Austin Powers fashion, uh, this woman dies and she <laughs> screams and just doesn't move. Yep. So, like, Austin Powers, like, the guy that's just standing there just like, no! Yeah, with the steamroller. You know, like, the, the thing, <laughs> yeah, the steamroller. It's like, it's got, like, five minutes to kind of get out of the way. This lady has so much time to just run away, but she's just so in shock that she stands there and just dies. Um, so that's the kind of silliness that you're dealing with. But so when this this woman screams before she dies, uh, you know, you begin to wonder, like, that was a really loud scream. The family had to have heard that. So it cuts to the bedroom of the mother and father. And then the and then the mom's like, what was that? And the dad was like, "Damn owls, freaking owls!" And then, um, and then which, she goes and it, opens no, the window, and there's like a bat. Yeah, but but none of it sounds like owls. There's not like a whoo. It's just like no, n- not at all. Not not a. Sc- it doesn't even sound like a screech of an owl. It's a straight up scream, and it only gets worse from there. Um, so yeah, there's like a the, the mom opens the window to kind of just reassure and check and sees like there's just like a bat flying you can kind of tell that it's just like a prop that somebody's just like shaking but later on uh the son is having like uh, a fight with one of the other monsters and he realizes that the way to kind of defeat them or, or at least keep them away from him is to kind of just show the book just uh put the book in their in their face and then he scares one of these monsters out the window and it breaks glass like really loudly and then so you hear the glass break and then the moms that they're like what was that and it's like damn owls <laughs> so um 
yeah, anytime Damn Owls was brought up, and it's brought up many times throughout the film, uh, that made me laugh. But the one moment, there's one moment that just cracked me up, and I just couldn't stop laughing. Um, so there's like this guy that comes over, and he looks like Guillermo del Toro. He comes over to the house, and he's uh, poses kind of as a as a pest service. Um, the dad you know well actually the mom is attacked by all these bats in the attic and so that the dad's like oh no well i gotta call somebody they gotta gotta take care of all these bats so he calls the pest service and um there's a really there's a really short but funny scene where he's calling the pest service and he says my wife got attacked by these bats and then the guy's like do you know how how many bats because we charge by the bat (laughs) and but but what's but the the best scene is when this Guillermo del Toro pest service looking guy comes over to the house, and then the family's like, "You're the exterminator," and, then, and he's like, "Yeah," and they're like, "You you don't look like an exterminator." And he's like, "Well, that's because I'm trying to fool the bat," and <laughs> it just made me laugh my ass off. No, it, it, that's genius. Like it really is. It's just like genius line. <laughs> because it makes total sense <laughs> from his perspective. Yeah, but but the, this just, just a lot of really weird lines. There, there is, but this a exter- lot of really weird lines. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, this this exterminator is like there, not an exterminator per se, right? No, no, he he's like he has a complete sinister agenda, but. Um, but yeah, so many great lines throughout the movie. There's like another one about uh, um, why? Because they want, they're just like, "Let's we'll just sell the house." It's like, why? "Well, selling the house is like closing the barn after the horses have eaten your children." <laughs> I was like, "What? <laughs> what?" Oh, yeah. Well, this movie, magic. Yeah, it's it's um, crazy. It's I, I I'm glad you yeah. liked it, uh, to say the least. Um, yeah, that's not to say that it doesn't have problems. I mean, you know, when you have all these dumb lines like this that are just great in the best possible way, um, or I guess terrible in the best possible way, um, the, the, I guess the, the, the pace of the place early on is kind of, is really weird. It's got a lot of weird cuts in the beginning. Uh, but then it just kind of finds its footing once it gets in the house, and then it's just these j- scenes, joke after joke after joke, and it's so enjoyable. And um, just the way that the family behaves, uh, like the mom even has really good scenes because she's she gets bitten by a vampire, and uh, she has like these moments where she has like a inst- like a second of rage, and then it's. Just uh, then she like corrects her course and just becomes instantly nice. So um, I think the dad at one point is like, honey, you're going to eat this roast beef? No, thank you very much or something like that. Um, and uh, the, the, this, the ending alone is very bizarre. Uh, it's like a five to ten minute long scene with like Jeffrey Tambor in the Guillermo del Toro looking pest exterminator guy um, having like this growl off 
and they're like shooting electricity out of their fingers and all this weird shit and it's it's just very bizarre it's just like completely you know you're like enjoying it and then you have this it's kind of like watching family guy you know like there's all these good jokes and then every now and then there'll be this really long tangent and then you're like come on come on get back to it and then it does so um a lot of pace issues, editing issues, things like that. But, I mean, it comes with the territory. The movie's called Saturday the 14th. And uh, the book, the book of evil that they have, they have, uh, there's a line that says something like, uh, it gets bad, like it gets bad on Friday the 13th, but it gets worse on Saturday the 14th. And um, so, yeah, all, all comes with the territory, so... Very, it's enjoyable. I enjoyed the hell out of it. And uh, you don't, uh, I, I probably shouldn't say this, but you can watch it on YouTube for free. It, well, and that's how I watched it. It's so. also on Amazon Prime right now. Uh, so if you have an Amazon Prime account, yeah. it's uh, for free on that as well. But I believe Scream Factory is going to release this, right? Yes. And. Yes. Hell yeah, and I'm excited about that. Because if you watch the YouTube version or if you watch the Amazon Prime one, the quality is still pretty shitty. It's like those old yeah. grindhouse movies. So I wonder yeah. how good Scream Factory's clean this up, uh, you know, in a new transfer, which is going to be so great to see uh, what they've done with it. Um, but th- this movie is super funny. Like, the little kid, the little boy... It, it's not written like kids. Billy. Like, yeah, Billy. It's not written like kids in movies these days. Like th- this little kid like knows his shit and is like not afraid of really yeah. anything. He's just he's like, guys, this shit's happening. And his parents are the idiots here. Um, yeah, it, it was it was fun to see that. And then there's a scene with his sister in a bathtub and, like, an actual, like, really shitty Jaws ripoff theme in a little shark, like, plastic shark fin sticking out of the water. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. There's just, yeah, yeah there, there's a lot to like about this film because it's just so off the wall. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Crazy, yeah. crazy, crazy. Um, Have you ever seen uh, the second one? No, I never saw it. So this, there, there's a sequel to this called Saturday the 14th Strikes Back, and I've never seen it. I feel like yeah. I have to. <laughs> so I, I I thumbed through it, like I scrolled through it real quickly just to kind of get a feel for how it is. And it's bad. Like, it's very bad. It's like going from, like, a really – it's like going from Jaws to, like, Trolls 2. <laughs> Oh, that's not good. Neil Bog. Like, it's got musical scenes in it. Uh, like, really bad ones, too. There's, like, three... I guess this is why I don't like Anna and the Apocalypse. But... Uh, which is actually coming out later this year. But, uh, yeah, there's, like, these musical scenes in it um, just out of nowhere. And the, the first one that I watched caught me just way off guard. So, uh, don't, I do not recommend the second one. So watch the, just this one and you'll be, you'll be golden. Yes. Saturday the 14th. And it's, I can't wait for it to come out on screen factory. It's, 
I, and I can't wait to see what extras they have on it because you hope that these people came back to talk about this movie, especially Jeffrey Tambor. Yeah. Um, but yes. Yeah. Saturday the or even the kids, because the kids haven't really done anything in a long. Just, like if you look them up on mine on IMDb, they don't even have photos. Why? Um, so it'd be nice to kind of get uh, a retrospective featurette, or even just give me a damn documentary on this movie. Yeah, seriously. Uh, the the director of this movie. Um, he did the sequel as well, um, but and this was his first movie. But he hasn't done much. He's he's done a movie called Space Raiders, Time Trackers, and Death Stalker Four. But this was in the eighties and nineties. He hasn't really done much since then. Uh, so I'm, I I don't know. I mean he he died in nineteen ninety nine. But he it's a I'm always interested in learning about these filmmakers because it's like, wh- where did they go? What happened? What did they do? And this guy just yeah. did a lot of really weird stuff. And this is the most, I think the thing he's mostly known for is Saturday the 14th amongst cult yeah. following. Uh, and I mean, it, it has nothing to do with like Friday the 13th at all here other than being called Saturday the 14th. Um, but yeah, it's a yeah. fun movie. And this is one of like the movie posters that I've always wanted, like an original movie poster of this movie, because it's just so cool. Okay. Yeah. Well, maybe Scream Factory will set it up to where, like, they give away, have a poster that comes with the uh, Blu-ray if you order it off their website. That would be because uh, they're. You can look at their their cover art is that poster. Yeah, it's it's great. Um, it's super super fun, super cool. Um, yeah, just a fan. Uh, and I'm so glad, so glad you liked it. And I'm so glad you uh, took my suggestion to watch it. And I'm just happy you really liked it. <laughs> and, and yeah. Do you think uh, our friend, our pal, our amigo, James Cole Clay will like it? James Cole. Oh, yeah. I, I uh, had texted him earlier today and said, uh, Piranha 2 sucks. Saturday the fourteenth is awesome. <laughs> so, I think he believes me. Okay, good, 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 good. Okay, so that wraps up our fourteenth episode of My Bloody Podcast on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. Um, but we have a fifteenth episode coming out next week in Preston. Oh my God, I cannot wait for this one because this is a pretty. It's kind of like a milestone in filmmaking in the horror genre, I think. Yeah, yeah. Like we've been doing all these uh, uh, strange ones, maybe ones you've never even heard of, which are nice and cool because that's what makes them bloody recommendations. But every now and then, it's kind of nice to do ones that you're probably more familiar with or or more mainstream, and we can kind of dig into those and see, like, hey, it's been a long time since I've seen it. Let's uh, see what I think about it today. So, uh, yeah, next week we are going to do the original Scream from 1996, Wes Craven. Wes Craven, yes. Going big. Nev Campbell, who was recently in a rock movie, Um, as well as Matthew Willard and Skeet Ulrich and Jamie Kennedy and um, 
Oh, just, just goodness. Uh, but yeah, Scream next week shall be a good time. Uh, Preston, where can everybody find you, my good sir? You can find me on the interwebs. I am on Twitter at Preston Barta, B-A-R-T-A. And I write at the Ditton Record Chronicle on DittonRC.com, where you can find my weekly theatrical reviews, interviews, Blu-ray reviews, things like that. And you can also find me on Fiction.tv, where I'm the features editor, and I edit other people's work, post it, and we have a lot of great stories and unique articles on there and some stuff of my own as well. So that's where I'm at. Cool. I like it. And you can find me at boomstickcomics.com and highdefdigest.com. Talk about movies and high def equipment. Dot com. Dot com. Um, super fun. Preston, thank you. It's always a pleasure to talk horror movies with you and just, just things in general. But yes, next week will be Scream. Next week will be Avatar and Predator and Alien and all of the above. <laughs> Very excited. Uh, okay. Yes, indeed. Dude, we're probably going to get so into figuring out the the plot, the casting of it, that we might even just drop our Friday the 13th script and just, just write this one. Hey, if that happens, it will happen. <laughs> it will be super <laughs> fun. I, I, we're, we're still going to do our Friday the 13th screenplay, but it, we might have to add this one to the mix yes. as well. Um, but yes. Yeah. It's going gonna, gonna to be like uh, when Joss Whedon directs uh, a movie when he's off for the week. He did that with the Avengers and directed a Shakespeare film in one week. Uh, we can do it too. I agree. Yeah, he just had his friends over and it was like, yeah, we're going to do this. And then there that was. Super fun. Super good. Super, super amazing. Um, but yes, yes. The Bloody Podcast, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, subscribe. Please, Multimedia Men Banner. Preston Barta, Brian Kluger. Be back next week with Scream.